0: corrections and bear markets and now on to our lead lag live discussion hosted by michael Gaia.
1: My name is Michael Aguia, publisher of The Lead Lag Report. Uh, join me for the hours, uh, Grover N- uh, Norquist, who I'm sure a lot of you have heard and seen over the years. I think this will be really interesting back and forth here. Uh, Grover, for those who are not familiar with your background, uh, introduce yourself. I know you've got a long storied career here, here but uh, who are you, what's your background, what, you've, what have you done, and uh, what got you to focus so much on taxes?
2: Sure. I run Americans for Tax Reform, which is a group that the Reagan White House put together back in 1985, uh, and the goal was to help pass... The, what became the 1986 Tax Reform Act that uh, simplified the code, got rid of a lot of deductions and credits. We went to two brackets, 15 and 28, passed on a bipartisan basis. Um, uh, there was a, a Republican House, Democrat Senate, President uh, Reagan. And that was the big shift in addition to the Kemp Roth package, which dropped our marginal tax rates Uh, Both for individuals and companies, and then the rest of the world uh, followed, particularly on the on the corporate side. So uh, uh, I have continued to work there. In order to pass the bill, uh, I created the Taxpayer Protection Pledge, which was a pledge that at the time, 100 congressmen, 20 senators, one president took, which was that they would oppose and veto or oppose and vote against any effort to raise taxes. Uh, And that's gone on to define the modern Republican Party. The We've got up to 96% of Republicans taking the pledge. That's when we swept uh, the elections in the House and Senate in 1994. Uh, and before 1994, the Republicans controlled Congress for four years out of the previous 62 years, from 1932 to 1994. There were two years under Truman, two years under Eisenhower, where Republicans controlled Congress. Otherwise, the Democrats did. Uh, since 94, when the Republicans became the party that would not raise your taxes, they may invade small countries they can't pronounce, but they will not raise your taxes, uh, that the Republicans have controlled Congress, have won control of Congress more than half the time. So the Republican Party went from being not competitive to being competitive uh, as a result of making that distinction. So monitoring that pledge and then working at the state and local level as well as federal level to reduce taxes – is sort of what I do 24-7.
1: This is going to sound like a strange question, but um, I am sincere when I ask this. Uh, Do taxes even matter anymore? I mean, let's face it, the national debt keeps on rising. It seems like every excuse to raise taxes uh, isn't used to pay down debt, but used as justification for new spending.
2: Uh, All taxation is raised in order to spend money. Nobody raises taxes except to spend it. Uh, There was this fiction that in 1982 and then in, 1980, in 1990, uh, 1982 was under Reagan. The Democrats said, we want to bring the deficit down. You want to bring the deficit down. We will cut spending $3 for every dollar of tax increase that you, Reagan, agree to. The tax increase was made. It was about an $80 billion tax increase uh, and the $3 of per you know, the tax cuts that were supposed to flow from that, not only did taxes, spending spending cuts that were supposed to flow from not only did spending not go down, spending went up more rapidly than before the tax increase. Why? The whole point was to trick Reagan into a tax increase, spend it all. And once you've tricked somebody into a tax increase once, you assume you can do it again. So you spend not just to the amount of money that you've raised taxes, you spend in anticipation of pulling that, Effort again. The same thing happened to Bush, who should have known better. Um, He'd seen Reagan get tricked. Uh, And in 1990, he was promised $2 of spending cuts for every $1 of tax increases. He was a cheaper date than Reagan. Um, And in point of fact, uh, spending went higher under Bush after the tax increase and the deal than before. So, no, tax increases are always spent they never they never reduce the deficit yeah
1: and i i wonder um if there were some sort of structural break that that sort of gave us that or gave politicians the leeway to basically not care at all about spending i mean now i I saw some headline yesterday that biden is uh or his, his aides are debating even just ignoring uh the debt ceiling to begin with um i myself am pretty cynical not uh political in this sense but I think both Republicans and Democrats uh, ultimately just do nothing but spend, you know, uh, just about sort of where they spend uh, the dollars, too. Um, when we think about the role of taxation uh, against a reserve currency, do you think there's going to be a point where the dollar really does get questioned in terms of its dominance? Because if taxes don't matter and you can just print your way out of every single debt load with inflation, Presumably, other countries are going to start you know, pushing back on the idea that the greenback is the reserve currency.
2: Yeah, it, it, like if the Biden spending levels were to continue, you would inflation would make the dollar something that people are less interested in holding on to. Now, it can get pretty bad uh, before people move out of the dollar. You're really going to trust the Chinese currency? Would you trust the euro? Um, you'd have you'd have to be sort of worse than other people. But I think you've got to. We are much better off if we're not inflating the currency, and then people would keep the dollar as the reserve currency.
1: Let's talk about um, the way different states are reacting to uh, taxes and tax hikes. You had brought this point that a lot of these different states are reducing or competing to reduce income taxes. Um Again, it's not something I am particularly well-versed in, but lay out for the audience uh, sort of what different states are attempting to do which are becoming more successful at it.
2: Oh, sure. Look, we learn a lot about the two parties by looking at the states. In in Washington, D.C., you say, how come neither Republicans or Democrats can cut spending? Well, when so much of the federal spending is on automatic pilot with uh, mandatory spending programs that don't require Congress to vote on them, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid – all of many of the uh, the welfare uh, programs are just set on automatic pilot, and they increase. And unless you tackle them uh, completely, you don't get any control over them at all. So it the differences between the two parties are somewhat muted because you're only looking at defense spending and some of the non uh, welfare programs uh, that the federal government runs, highways, things like that. Uh, th- th- there's a small amount of the federal budget that's actually dealt with on any given time. But go to the states. In the 50 states, you see radical differences between the states. Uh, and here is where I've been spending most of my time over the last couple of years, because Congress is kind of uh, at loggerheads. They're not really doing much one way or the other, um, except for the two-year spending uh, splurge out of uh, Obama. But then he lost the House. So Uh, that's kind of on hold. In 50 states, seven of them have no personal income tax. Texas, Tennessee, Florida, people are familiar with those, uh, Nevada. Um, And we've had those for some time now, but there's now a move across the country uh, to move to a single rate or a flat rate tax. Twelve states now have single rate taxes, including uh, more left-of-center states. Illinois, their constitution has a you can only have a single rate tax uh, on the income tax. You can't have a graduated or progressive tax that taxes people at different rates. Their rate's just under 5%. You would assume, Illinois, being a big spending state, that their income tax would be more like 10, which is California, at so 13, uh, Minnesota up at 10, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. These are higher income tax states. Uh, but because it's a single rate tax, Illinois is under 5%. So um, 12 states are at single rate taxes. Two states are moving to single rate taxes. Iowa had an 8.6% top rate. They're going down to 3.99 over a four-year period. They'll be there by 2026 now. Uh, Georgia is going down to a 5.5% rate uh, by 2024. Uh, And then they'll continue down with triggers as revenue comes in. Uh, It'll go down to just under five percent single rate tax in georgia both arizona and um uh, idaho went to single rate taxes uh, in the last uh, couple of years so there's been a pretty and mississippi as well um there's been a a serious move towards single rate taxes kansas uh has two-thirds majorities republican in both houses kansas the democrat governor uh so they 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 were within one vote of moving to a single rate tax. They they lost a grumpy <laughs> Republican who wouldn't uh, vote with the rest of the team. Uh, but uh, Kentucky, Kansas will become a single rate tax. Uh, we're looking at a state like uh, Nebraska that's moving a dramatic uh, income tax cut, North Dakota. There are 12 states moving towards zero. They're saying our goal is to get to zero and here's how we're going to do it. North Carolina has been doing that for 10 years now, uh, and four years from now, their corporate income tax will be gone. That's baked into the cake. That's in law. Uh, And it'll probably take them six years to get the income tax all the way down to zero. Um, South Carolina only recently started, but they've announced they're going to zero as well. The Democrat running for governor uh, in 2022 also said, I want to go to zero because they're sitting next to uh, North Carolina, which is on the way to zero, and Florida, Which is at zero and Tennessee, which is at zero. So North Carolina, South Carolina says we cannot afford to have this and be competitive in the Southeast. Uh, Mississippi's committed to going to zero. Uh, they've taken it down about, they're going to take it down about a third of the way and then they'll have to come back and pass more legislation. Louisiana has a phase down over the next, uh, uh, decade. I don't think they get to zero the way they're phasing it down though, but they may tighten that up and, uh, and put themselves on a path to zero. Arkansas, the new governor, was elected committing to go to zero. Oklahoma and Virginia governors would both like to go to zero. They have one house with them, but not both. Um, Nebraska, the new governor, said before he leaves he would like to uh, be at zero. Uh, They've got a significant tax cut in Nebraska uh, that's moving forward. And North Dakota, uh, the governor and the House are both committed to going to zero. They're negotiating with the Senate. How quickly to do that? Arizona uh, went from four and a half down to two and a half. Uh, they're going to then move to zero. They're going to do two things. They'll pass a law. The Democratic governor of Arizona will veto it, uh, and then they'll put it on the ballot, and then it'll pass. Uh, so they'll put it in as a constitutional amendment. So if you're looking across the country, instead of having seven states that are at zero, in the next 15 years, we'll be closer to 20 states uh, at zero, and probably 25 states that are at a single rate tax, either zero or three or four. Um, that Competition puts pressure on California and New York, which are up over ten percent. Neither of which has been willing to raise their taxes. There have been some efforts by left-of-center groups in California to put a measure on the ballot. The governor Newsom he he said, "Vote no on this. Vote no on this. This would be bad for California." Well, that's a historic first. That's helpful. Uh, New York, the governor Cuomo there was adamantly opposed to raising. Uh, marginal tax rates in New York, because New York is not competitive when it comes to new investments. One could get to that point. We're not there yet. Um, but if we continued the Biden level of spending growth, uh, you would, in fact, get to the point where the amount of money you'd have to pay just to maintain the debt would uh, go past it. But we're, that's a ways out there. Uh, I do believe, I mean, short line, there, the only way to fix where we are right now is if the Republicans have the House, the Senate, and the presidency, is to take all the means-tested welfare programs, not Social Security, not Medicare, um, but all of the others, and block grant them to the states. Do, for all the welfare programs, about 150 different means-tested programs, meaning you get a check, not because you paid into Social Security or Medicare, uh, but just because you're there, um, and Black growth those to the states, as Bill Clinton did, with Aid to Families with Dependent Children, now called TANF, uh, and th- that dropped, Aid to Families with Dependent Children dropped about 30% across the board when the states were able to run it and require people to work to have access to it, um, and you, you actually saw a significant decrease in the cost there. Uh, and there's been legislation that has been passed in the House four times in the Senate once. Uh, this is during times when Democrats were presidents, so it was, didn't get enacted. And again, remember, we were one vote away when Trump was president, when McCain, who had committed to vote with this to make Medicaid to block granted to the states, um, that would have allowed states to figure out how to do it more efficiently, how to root out uh, fraud. Uh, and to target aid more helpfully. Uh, We were one vote away from moving that to the states. That would have been a dramatic effort. You do that, you can actually be saving trillions of dollars simply by bending the cost curve down. And I don't see an appetite for cutting these programs. I do see an appetite for moving them to the states and letting states compete to figure out how to do them less expensively because then they benefit if they can free up money for other stuff yeah um florida new york new york used to be a big state florida used to be a teeny state in terms of population florida now has 22 million people two and a half million more than florida than new york does new york is just under uh 20 uh, million uh florida state budget is this year 115 uh it's a lot and New York, with fewer people, their budget's twice as big, $230 billion. Um, so New York has roads. So does Florida. Florida's are better. New York has schools. Florida does too. Florida's are better. Um, Florida, New York spends twice as much on its state. What do they get for it? They have many more government workers. They have uh, unionized government workers. They have government workers who work less hours and less days uh, and have uh, much more expensive benefits. And then they have pensions that you and I will never see. Uh, And so there is, between New York and Florida, Florida doesn't have an income tax. They don't have to go out and take $115 billion out of the Florida economy with an income tax to match New York because they spend less. Um, and that is the difference. I mean, over time, if you don't have an income tax, uh, which surges when there's economic growth, even temporary, you know, temporary economic growth, when Reagan cut taxes in 83, uh, you saw a surge in revenue across the country as, because the economy was growing so much more rapidly, 4 million jobs created, a lot of money came into the federal government, but a lot of money came into states. Some states spent every one of those dollars as if this was a permanent new rate of growth. Others didn't because they didn't have an income tax in Texas and Florida and Tennessee. So they didn't surge their spending because there was a temporary surge in revenue. Uh, States get confused when they see all this money come in. California did this. A lot of, they had a big cashing in of uh, people's capital gains taxes. A whole bunch of money came in. It was a one-time thing but they spent as if this was the new annual budget and then they had to go and try and raise taxes to chase after that so i think if you look at those states that do not have an income tax tennessee a lot of uh, new investment in tennessee a lot of growth there north carolina as they've been facing their income tax to zero has always had more revenue every year after they cut the income tax each year than before because people are moving to north carolina um and because jobs are being created in in North Carolina. Uh, Ditto uh, Florida, Texas. Um, And if you compare the no-income states with the income tax states, by every metric in terms of economic growth, uh, lower no-income tax states or lower-income tax states do better. And they actually keep track of... um, There's a website, How Money Walks, uh, which talks about... Not just the uh, increased number of people who move from California, New York to Texas, Florida, Tennessee, but their income Um, and their annual income. The people are not just leaving as retirees, they're leaving as and that the income that Florida creates from all the citizens uh, in the state, not for the government, but in the state is dramatically increased by people moving into Florida with real jobs. Uh, And leaving New York and Massachusetts and Connecticut and New Jersey and California. So uh, there's an emptying out. And this is, you know, speeding up a bit. But what will happen when there are 20 states with no income tax, not just seven? It'll go faster. The, The argument is from some who advocate for a larger government is people like all those government services, Okay. I'm not sure a higher pension for government employees is considered a government service. It is certainly expensive, um, but on the assumption that people want more government, they do seem to be moving out of the states that offer more government as the option. Uh, so. One of the reasons Stivers, who's the Senate leader in Kentucky, um, I talked to him a couple, you know, years ago, uh, just and walked through with him what's happening in all the other states. And he knew some of the legislative leaders in North Carolina and in Mississippi who had begun to move their states towards zero. Uh, And Kentucky has a very long hundreds and hundreds of miles border with Tennessee. Tennessee has no income tax. And the stories people tell about, you know, there's some towns that are actually on both sides of that border. And on one side, they're open storefronts and on the other there aren't uh so you have a very uh, dramatic difference between a state with no income tax and a state with income taxes uh people simply particularly if it's you know it's, it's been talking about five miles here people you know people people will move quicker quicker than they will decide to pick up and move from new york to florida
1: We'll be back after a quick break. Hello, listeners. Michael Gaia here from Lead Lag Live. Are you ready to take a deep dive into market trends, risk management, and investment strategies? Then you need the Lead Lag Report. Our in-depth analysis helps you understand the financial markets like never before. And guess what? We're giving you a chance to experience it at a discounted rate. Visit theleadlag.report slash lead and get an exclusive 30% off on your subscription. Don't miss out. Level up your investment game with the lead lag report. And now, back to our discussion. Presumably, it's a lot easier to do uh, no-income tax when your starting point at the state level is low debt or no debt. Um, I don't know. I, I, listen, I'm in New York myself. I find it hard to believe that we're ever going to get to having a serious uh, conversation around that given debt levels here. Um How do some of these states even try to compete when their initial starting point is so terrible?
2: California has been trying to think of ways to tax people who leave the state. Um, They've been putting some time, effort into that. A number of the big higher tax states decided they wanted to get together and do a joint wealth tax. Um, The challenge there is that this was New York and California and um, New Jersey, I believe. They had like six or seven, Minnesota – but that theory is, you could only move <laughs> to another state with a, that, that join the compact, right? You, 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 that, that you would it would it would slow down people from moving from California to Minnesota or Minnesota to New York, I guess. But it doesn't stop anybody from moving to a state with lower no income taxes. So uh, be- federalism allows us to find out what works. Um, And we have benefited from this in many areas. I mean, tax policy, certainly. I mean, some of the more destructive taxes have just sort of disappeared. They don't exist anymore uh, because people could move. Uh, And uh, people will, you know, decide to live in states that are more comfortable, they're more comfortable with Uh, taxation being a a big part of that in terms of their uh, decisions. Uh, I, do think that a number of the states, in addition to spending the other things, that the unfunded liabilities of the pensions systems of the government pensions uh, can be fixed. Utah, uh, maybe seven eight years ago, passed a law that all new hires, including police and fire, which are often left out of this, uh, all new hires by state and local government in Utah have it will go from the defined con- uh, benefit thing, which is when you retire, you get half your pay, or here's it's fixed. What's fixed is the benefit uh, to define contribution, which is what's fixed is what you put into it. So the state will put in 10% of your salary into a 401k for you. You can match it uh, with another 10%. uh, uh, And when you want to leave, it's yours. And you will not be surprised the way people in Detroit were when they go, oh, we forgot to put any money in your uh, retirement account, so you're out of luck. Uh, you you can't cheat the workers by not having put the money aside, uh, but you also don't surprise the taxpayers by going, oh my goodness, we promised hundreds of millions of dollars that we don't have, so now we're going to raise taxes to get it from you, uh, taxpayers. Uh, Utah, you know, in a in a matter of you know another decade or two, will have no unfunded liabilities in their pension plan as they've moved completely over from. Defined contribution, defined benefit to define, to defined contribution. A lot of states are doing a version, you know, version of that partly defined contribution, partly defined benefit. I think the biggest reform that led, that that you can do at the state level for New York, California, and so on is to phase out the unfunded liabilities by moving to 401ks, IRAs rather than defined benefit plans, the ones that Unionized companies have the ones that kill unionized companies um, steel, uh, auto, uh, coal, um, all those industries that had defined contribution, defined benefit, defined benefit pensions that they just can't keep up with and that that eventually go. You just talk about those things? Sure. And these come up because uh, when we share the taxpayer protection pledge with congressmen, senators, state legislators, Governors, uh, almost all the Republicans in Washington have signed the pledge. About two thirds of Republican uh, and all the Congressman centers in Washington have signed the pledge. Two thirds of governors, Republican governors, have signed the pledge. Uh, this this comes up in the fifty states and also nationally. What about a user fee? Okay, and and the the trick there, the thing you have to watch out is people. I I had once had a governor try and tell me that a cigarette tax was a user fee because you were using the cigarette. Um, it's a tax. Okay. Uh, a user fee is something where there are alternatives. You could go into a government office and pay five cents as you used to be able to do at the post office to make a Xerox. Um, that fee, the five cents per copy, that's not a tax because there are other places to make Xeroxes. You have other choices. Um, there There are other places to go and do things if there's a you know the, the a, a pool, the state, you know, city run pool. Uh, swimming pool if they had charged to an entrance fee, because there are other places to go swimming, there are other pools, public and, and private. Um so if there are alternatives, but it's not a user fee when they have a tax, as some states do, on your profession. In order to be a lawyer in Tennessee, they charge you money. Uh in order to be certain to have certain jobs, you have to pay them money. That's a tax. Uh so that tends not to be. Too problematic. When you talk about targeted tax credits, this came up recently because the Republicans uh, in the House of Representatives were putting together their suggested package. They s- said to the President um, Biden, he says, "Look, you want to raise the debt ceiling? We will give you one and a half trillion dollars in debt ceiling increase, which will uh, take you for like a year or something." Um, and what we need and insist on. If you want us to raise the debt ceiling, is a reduction in spending, not tomorrow, but over the next decade of about $3 trillion. So this is what ex- almost exactly what happened with uh, President Obama. He wanted $2.4 trillion in debt ceiling increase in order to get past the 2012 election. Republicans said, fine, we can do that. It'll cost you $2.4 and reduce spending over 10 years, over 10 years. Uh, and they actually got that. That's exactly what they agreed to. Now the Republicans now are saying one-to-one doesn't work anymore because you're going crazy on spending. It's going to be two-to-one, you, $2 in spending restraint for every dollar of debt ceiling increase. Um, and one of the challenges is that some of the, the Freedom Caucus, the more conservative guys, said, we want to abolish all of the tax credits that are supposed to force people out of traditional energy that's, that, that works 24-7 onto the intermittent energy that work when it, when it suns out or when the wind blows, um, to subsidize those things that people otherwise wouldn't do. Um, and those tax credits are refundable and transferable. And when the question was, is this a tax cut, because it's a tax credit, right? I mean, tax credit is theoretically a tax cut. And if you get rid of a tax credit, that's a tax increase. And of course, the Republicans have all committed we're not voting for something that raises taxes. So we sat down and looked at, there's a certain percentage of those tax credits that are refundable or transferable, meaning you can sell them to somebody else. If that's the case, that's not a tax cut, that's that's spending. You may You may do it through the tax code, but it's spending if it's an actual reduction in your tax liability, um, that's a tax cut. You may, you may think it's a bad idea. I think a lot of targeted tax credits are not a good idea. It's just a way of trying to push people around and tell them what to do, uh, and force them to do things they wouldn't otherwise do. Uh, so, uh, some of those tax credits that are refundable or transferable that you can sell on the open market, that's cash that's spending. Um, but I would uh, prefer, and this is where I came into all this, was on the 1986 tax reform, where we eliminate we the country, uh, Congress eliminated deductions and credits and reduced the rates in a revenue neutral way. Matter of fact, the 86 bill was a small tax cut, sixty billion dollars over a decade, but it was set up to be basically revenue neutral: lower rates, broader base, fewer deductions fewer credits, fewer using the tax code to tell people what to do, push them into one direction or another. Um, I would certainly prefer fewer deductions and credits. I mean, some of the stuff is useful and necessary or important to various people, but to the extent you can have less of that and lower rates, it's less disruptive to the economy and less damaging to growth.
1: Let's talk about um, another topic you want to get into here, which is uh, the supersizing of the IRS um uh, which is uh, to me always amazing um, to think through, especially when there's so much talk now around AI and how um, <laughs> artificial intelligence should be making things more efficient. The government's going the other way. You can argue. Um, what's going on with all this talk around uh, increasing the size of the IRS? Should people be nervous? You know, those that are conspiratorial, thinking that you know they're out to get more money from me. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yes. Um, well, it's more than talk. Uh, Congress has actually voted eighty. 80- billion dollars to increase the number of people working at the IRS 87,000 additional people additional people 87,000 uh it will you know <laughs> that's uh, three times as many people as work in the Pentagon uh it's a lot it is a huge increase uh Biden says he's only going to go audit rich people and big companies rich people and big companies are actually presently being <laughs> audited uh, and, uh, so you shouldn't worry about it, but the IRS has been putting out regulations just in the last few weeks about how to go after people who work for tips. I mean, very few billionaires make their money on tips. Uh, that's where they think there's a lot of money. The IRS has said, um, all while the politicals say, oh, it's going to be rich people and corporations. The IRS itself says they're going after small businesses, self-employed people. Uh, you may have heard that Congress, the Democrats passed a law. This is when they first spent two trillion dollars a couple of months into the Biden administration, Democrat House and Senate, and they said, here's what we're gonna do. We're going to spend two trillion dollars. And in there, stuck in the middle of it, was a reporting requirement for the 1099K. So if you if you put money in and out it through PayPal or Venmo um, or eBay, That shows up, a note will go to the IRS saying, you got this much income. Now, maybe you and your friends all got together and were paying the rent, and so you get a check for $500 every month from those people, and it's not income to you because you turn around and pay it. Well, it's fine, but you better be able to prove that. Uh, And when you go to eBay and take all your kids' clothes because they're not five years old anymore, and the bicycles, and you sell them on eBay or... um, Venmo, because you, you have a you know house yard sale, uh, you better be able to prove that you have receipts for all of those things. Otherwise, that's income to you. That's income to you. You sell a motorcycle for a fraction of what you bought it for ten years earlier. Uh, that's income to you, unless you can prove the receipt that you had at the beginning. So it's a massive increase in the amount of tens of millions of pieces of paper or uh, uh, electronic uh, following of your your privacy into Washington. And then, you know, they will audit you because you haven't proved that this isn't, you know, income. Uh, It's to go after independent contractors. It's to go after people who use Venmo and so on. Uh, None of these people are billionaires. None of these people are rich. And so it it is the the money that Congress thinks Democrats in Congress think is out there is largely independent contractors, small businesses, self-employed people. That's their target. That's not the risk. That's not the rich. It's not, you know, it's not big corporations, but that's where they're looking to get the additional money. Now, what has scared people is you can go find this stuff, the the, uh, treasury inspector general Uh, reports where they sort of go in and look at the IRS. They have, the IRS has 4,600 guns and 5 million rounds of ammunition. (laughs) 5 million rounds of ammunition, 4,600 guns. And they do raids at present. Uh, There was a a spate of them that got some attention back in the 90s uh, during the uh, 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 Clinton years. They were, you know, kicking doors open in people's houses at five in the morning, waving guns at children, going into uh, small businesses and kicking down doors and waving guns and stealing all the stealing, taking all of their computers and so on, not giving them back. Uh, It got very abusive and there was actually Senate uh, hearings on the subject and people uh, testified. and In a number of these cases, it was some ex-girlfriend or a, uh employee who was a disgruntled employee who made up a story in order to have the IRS kick down the door of the employer that they didn't like, their boss they didn't like. Um, and th- this got pretty ridiculous. They were supposed to reduce it. Now, under the new IRS funding, um, the IRS now admits, this is after the bill passed, they denied it until the bill passed, that they're going to hire 1,200 people with who are going to be carrying guns. Um, and uh, this is their new you know, policy. They've been advertising. They they put up ads saying that they were looking to hire people who could work for the IRS and carry guns. Uh, and they had to be willing to use deadly force. You have to be willing to kill people if you want, want this job. They don't even ask you that in the ads for the Marines, for crying out loud. Um, then that was taken down. But they're back up. <laughs> they're hiring in all 50 states with the you must be willing to use lethal force if you want to come and work for us. Um, so, because we're going to be sending you out with guns and you have to be willing to shoot people. Uh, this is a little unsettling. And the reason is not just, nobody likes the door kicked down in the morning, that the IRS has done nothing to reform itself since they were having the earlier abuses. Um, and there's been a, I mean, a series of, well, the, the IRS keeps track, or the, the, the Inspector General keeps track of how many times the IRS pulls the trigger with one of the guns. More than half the time that the trigger is pulled and a bullet goes out the gun held by somebody who works for the IRS, more than half the time it was a mistake. Uh, not, not meaning they shot the wrong guy, meaning they didn't mean to pull the trigger. Uh, you know, If you know anything about range safety or you know common sense rules of gun you never put your finger on the trigger until <laughs> you're ready to pull it and you're aimed at something that you intend to destroy people are things and these guys are just pulling triggers and 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 they admit that people have been hurt and stuff has been damaged but they retract that from their reports so you do we do not know um who's been shot by the IRS and what windows got shot out um with it, it, and up until it, it, and 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 asked what the training is these people have the the training they require people haven't been going to the range they haven't been trained which is why they're shooting things they don't mean to so th- this is an unreformed IRS in terms of the use of guns knocking down doors and so on and they're giving them more money without any reform. And all of the IRS cash and so on. There is no reform being required of the IRS. Um, the IRS, you saw the, you know, t- two years ago. They, somebody inside the IRS, stole and gave thousands and thousands of people's tax returns and audits to a left-wing group called ProPublica, Pro which. Has never given it back. The stolen stuff has never been returned. The IRS, to their best of our knowledge, hasn't asked for it back. And they went through, and um, this is all of the high income. They they went after Bloomberg, uh, who had the audacity to run against Biden. They stole Bloomberg stuff and handed it out to left wing groups to go after him. Uh, They and they were trying to prove that somehow rich people weren't paying taxes. Well, that's not. They didn't find that. Uh, but they did coordinate a press conference with the Democratic senators, the guys who got the stolen material. So you wonder at what level there was communication between the people inside the IRS, stealing your data, handing it to the outside group, and then the Democratic senators having a press conference all at the same time. Somebody knew what was going on and talked to other people. Uh, And when asked, the IRS has been repeatedly asked, the IRS, head of the IRS, who stole the stuff? Who re- released it? I mean, this is not you know breaking into some tr- uh, tax attorney's office and stealing five returns. They they had access to all of the returns. This is you know from the very top uh, level of support where, where where they where this stuff happened. I mean, somebody at the very top of the IRS food chain had access to this stuff. There's been no. It's five years. Go to jail. To do this, it, it, this is a crime. No one's been fired. No one's been arrested. <laughs> nothing has happened. And they said, "You know what? We're so unhappy. We're so mad at you for that. We're going to give you eighty billion dollars." I don't think the IRS considers that they've been asked to reform.
1: Uh, all, all I can think about in hearing that was like possibly the next uh, major Call of Duty type of video game, where it's first-person shooter of IRS agents, which is beyond uh, disturbing.
3: We'll be back after a quick break.
2: Uh, That's a very good question, and I have no idea. They've basically been canceling a lot of that stuff. But the level of fraud with all of that stuff that was going on during um, COVID was up over twenty twenty five percent. And I've met with some of the people who came up with the computer programs to drop that rather dramatically. Um, And but but the but. What they consider an acceptable level of fraud is frightening. And the fact that it was up way beyond that, I mean, it, it, in some cases, 30, 40 percent, um, I mean, they were writing out checks to people, people were sending in pictures of themselves wearing masks. I mean, I mean it, it, it's, it's like a, you can't believe that actually is what happened. Um, and a lot of that money ended up in Nigeria and China, which China, Russia, Nigeria, are the three countries that have the most sophisticated ways of uh, getting in and, and uh, using fraud in terms of, of getting people to send them stuff that they're not supposed to. I asked one of the guys who fights these things, and I said, why why Nigeria? Why not Ghana? Ghana?" And he said, oh, Ghana does it too, but just not as much as Nigeria. So there are a lot of people overseas making a living off of some of the you know welfare checks, payment checks that get sent out um, without much oversight.
1: Why isn't there more outrage over that? I mean, like j- just hearing that makes my blood boil. I mean, is it just the media doesn't yeah. care? Or people just don't
2: care? Well, I mean, the established, the establishment fun? press generally doesn't care um, and it would the, the, there is a bias by the press for government, um, for more government, toward the government. If you're in the press, you much of what you do is people either give you press releases or they leak to you, um, meaning they give it to you and not to everybody else, because if they give it to you, then you owe them uh, and you will give them better press. So people whose entire careers, the next 30 years of their life, is going to be set by, will you be getting scoops from people who work for the government about stuff? Uh, And by the way, if you do investigative journalism that makes the government look bad, chances of getting scoops and having a career go way down um so it is not usual or expected that somebody would find out uh the level of they don't find they don't look for corruption like that because it makes the people who give them their scoops which give them pulitzer prizes um unhappy and mad at them and then they don't get the scoop so there's a symbiotic relationship between the guys who leak stuff, the guys who print the stories. and now if everybody got a press release, you know at the same time, then this wouldn't happen. But uh, when you do a leak and you give it to somebody, not everybody, that's where the favoritism comes in and where the journalist you know tends to reward leakers with good press
1: on uh, the America for tax reform website, the very top of it says, no debt hike without spending reform. I I don't know. I don't get a sense that there's that much passion by people to try to push back on government spending like there was, you know, a decade plus or so ago, especially when the Tea Party was getting all the attention. Um, I'm just curious, just in terms of kind of your own visibility and the kinds of people that gravitate towards you, are you finding that more people or less people are
2: as passionate as you are over time? Or is there more apathy over time? Well, the good news is when you ask somebody, do you think, you should have a clean debt ceiling, which is what Biden says. Clean meaning just debt ceiling increase, nothing else. Or do you want one that requires spending restraint? The vast majority of Americans want spending restraint attached to the debt ceiling. So Biden's negotiating position is not a popular one with the American people. Uh, so that's the best thing that the Republicans have going for them in saying, let's reduce spending in the future. So that this doesn't happen to us again, you know, five years from now, ten years from now, where we just keep shooting up debt, total debt. Um, so there is, when you ask people, that there's a recognition the government spends too much. They would prefer to spend less. They would prefer lower taxes and less spending rather than higher taxes and more spending. Um, but of course, there are particular concentrated special interests. Organized labor um, gets money and. Gives it to politicians. They don't necessarily represent every steel worker or coal worker or auto worker. But their money goes in one direction, which is tends to be people who want more, um, more spending. So that that's a that that's a challenge. I mean, our, our friends um, in the IRS. Just looking at some numbers here. Fifty three percent of people who work in the IRS don't go into the office anymore. Okay, they work from home. So the people, when you call in to the IRS and they don't answer your phone call, the guy not answering your phone calls in the backyard by the pool, not answering your phone call. He's not in the office, not answering your phone call. 53% of the 47% of the people in the IRS who do go to the office sometimes, the IRS will not tell us what percentage. Are they there half the time, 95% of the time, 2% of the time, what? It's just... The, the, the non-zero number of 47% of work of IRS workers who go to the office. Sometimes we don't know how often they do that. Uh, the IRS itself has a labor union, a union, 98% of the money they contribute to political candidates goes to Democrats. So we have a one party political unit in the government, the IRS, uh, which is a one party bureaucracy. Um, and you had mentioned the Tea Party and lack of interest in fighting spending since the Tea Party. The Tea Party was actually smothered by the IRS. Uh, there were hundreds of groups that formed back in early 2009. I went to some of these rallies that they they put together, and these you know thousands of people would get there. And then when they would ask to you know incorporate and set up the Tea Party movement of Pittsburgh, uh, I went to one of the rallies they had. Uh, the IRS took all of their requests to get uh, tax status, you know, nonprofits tax status. So you could go to a bank and incorporate, and then people could write you checks, and you could hire somebody part-time to help get your little organization going. Um, and in a three-year period, only one conservative group in the country was allowed to incorporate. And the others, I mean, if you can't do that, you can't run an organization where people throw $20 into a hat. Uh, and then you can hire somebody part time. Um, people don't write checks to structures that aren't tax deductible or uh, non-taxable. Uh, and you can't get bank accounts for these sorts of things. And they just disappeared over a three year period. The Tea Party movement was smothered by the IRS, which took all of the people who they thought they didn't like and sent their uh, request to Ohio, where people sat on it in Ohio, and then they never got incorporated. The uh, Lois Lerner, who was the head of the IRS, apologized for that, acknowledged that it happened. This is not something you know, there was a congressional hearings on the subject, so they admit that they spent three years destroying a political tendency in the United States through the IRS. Um, and Lois Lerner was the IRS chief who went to the White House more often than all the other IRS chiefs put together, so it's clearly a very political uh, relationship with the IRS. That becomes it, it is a Everyone always says weaponized, but a politicized bureaucracy, which made a political decision to destroy a political movement in opposition to the Obama administration's spending. Uh, And while that movement was strong enough to elect a Republican House and almost Senate in 2010, by 2012, when Obama was was running for office, they had destroyed the Tea Party movement and it no longer functioned or continued to exist. Because they couldn't get a bank account, they couldn't raise money, they couldn't have nonprofit status because the IRS wouldn't let them. Um, that's the that's the scary part of more money for an unreformed agency. It'd be one thing if they'd cleaned it out. You'd seen dozens and dozens of people who did this. I mean, this not everybody in the IRS was part of that effort to to, to take all the conservative groups and not allow them to incorporate, but it would be dozens. Uh, they weren't fired. I think that's a, uh, that's a good place to
1: wrap this Twitter space up. Again, everybody, please make sure you follow uh, Grover here on Twitter. For those that want to get engaged uh, uh, with you, Grover, what, uh, what do you reckon
2: might be? Sure. Doing? Our website is atr.org. Uh, and if you text the word Biden uh, to 50446, we'll send you out periodic notes on what's happening. No fundraising, no fundraising. Just, just here's what's happening on tax policy, state and federal. You text Biden, president's name to 50446, or just visit the website and, and, and surf it. I tweet at Grover Norquist.
1: Thank you, buddy. I'm doing another more, uh, Twitter space with Hugh Henry in about three, four minutes. Thank you, Grover. Really do appreciate You got it. it. Thanks for the opportunity.
2: Cheers, everybody.
3: The content in this program is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any information or other material as investment, financial, tax, or other advice. The views expressed by the participants are solely their own. A participant may have taken or recommended any investment position discussed, but may close such position or alter its recommendation at any time without notice. Nothing contained in this program constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in any jurisdiction. Please consult your own investment or financial advisor for advice related to all investment decisions. Don't forget to follow at Lead Lag Report on X, Instagram, Threads, and YouTube. And check out the Lead Lag Report at www.leadlagreport.com. Use promo code PODCAST30 for two weeks free and 30% off to get access to award-winning research and anticipate stock market crashes, corrections, and bear markets.